Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos a todos. Feliz viernes. Este es Latino Founder Hour. Los saluda Edgar Navas, su servidor, fundador de Clica. Y hoy tendremos el show en inglés porque tenemos un amigo aquí especial. Es un, 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 un rockstar de, de la comunidad <risa> este emprendedora de Portland. Pero lo vamos a hacer en inglés porque él eh, solamente habla inglés. Steven Green, fundador de Pitch Black. Eh, director de operaciones de Pencil Academy y muchos otros títulos que tenemos. Welcome, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm Thanks doing for coming great. to the show, I'm man. I'm doing great, of course. So happy to be here. So I, I, happy to be and here. And you know what? Thank you because it's been a great week. It's been it's super been a great busy. week full of community. Yeah. Um, yes, recharging the batteries, using the batteries up. And I know you once. could have used this day, you know, to, to spend with your family. Thank hey, you. Hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I got <laughs> I got our youngest here, Landry. Um, and I'm and I'm honored that she gets to go and spend time with me and uh, be around folks that look like her doing amazing things like yourself. So love it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? what, what why don't we start talking about you know you you know who you are because you know, the people mm -hmm. that don't know you you know who's yeah. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Stephen Green, I, I often describe myself as Latino. Uh, my father is African American and from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the D. Uh, and then uh, my mother is uh, Puerto Rican, and uh, she was uh, born in New York but grew up in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, both um, amazing, amazing folks that I learned uh, a ton from. Uh, grew up here in Portland, um, also spent a lot of time as a child uh, and young adult in Detroit, Michigan. So uh, okay. I feel like I've seen both both ends of the spectrum as it pertains to uh, our existence here in the United States. And so, you know, being in a place like Beaverton, Oregon in the 70s and 80s uh, and being one of only, if not the only, um, black family in the neighborhood time to time uh, and then going and, and, and living in a place like Detroit where uh, it is still to this day the most segregated city in the in the country. Really? Um, yeah. E e yeah. Even more, I mean, people don't want to say it here, but... Uh Oh, shit. Uh, for people that have been in Portland, yeah, uh, it's one of the whitest cities in America. Yeah, yeah, Portland's one of the whitest big cities, but that that really changes from a generational standpoint. So once you start going younger and younger, um, Portland is is a is a pretty diverse place. When okay, you look at it that way. Well, it, it is, but like you said, you know, and I'm going to say from personal experience, I started coming here in 2000. Yes, sir. When I was um, still dating my now wife. And you know, coming from Texas, where where I was before, uh, it was one of the first thing that, and, and you know, I've never been, you know, the you know one that go, goes into races or, you know, like like oh, pull out the any race card. But it was it, to me, I, I remember to the to this day, asking my wife you know, after you know a couple a few trips in, into the Portland metro and you know taking me here and there. My wife, by the way, is Anglo. Yeah, uh, speaks fluent Spanish. So says, yeah. But you know, like I just asked her that question, like, are there any black people or Mexican people in the city? Mm -hmm. And she's just like, huh. I was like, and even though she's very international, she's lived right. in multiple countries. I was like, yeah, I, I, it was just an observation. Yeah. Because you know yeah. we were running around, and it was like I, you know, five trips or four, I haven't seen a single black person. And in Texas, we were a little, a little bit more integrated. Right. So right, in, right. in Austin, where I w was at some point for school. You know, there wasn't the, oh, this is just the, the there are, you know, um, neighborhoods. But if you live in the core, you had uh, neighbors from all, you know, all races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I didn't see here. Yep, and it's it's changing uh, dramatically. I, I went to high school out of Loa High School out in, in Beaverton. And uh, when I graduated from there in the, in the late 90s, um, you could count the number of black and Latinx students with two hands. Oh, wow. Uh, out of yeah. 2,000 kids. In Aloha. At Aloha High School. And uh, now I go back there, uh, a, a teammate from college is a, the head football coach, and um, come to find out that Aloha High School is now 60% kids of color. Oh, wow. 40% Latinx. So one generation, it changed dramatically. Huge shift. Huge shift. And, and, and what was it? 
Um, so I, I think it was a, a number of things. Uh, you know, part of of you know understanding as as best I can, uh, particularly the, the African American experience here in Portland is. You know, prior to the mid '90s, uh, African Americans couldn't rent and buy homes wherever they wanted, right? So, 80% of the state's black population lived in two zip codes in North Northeast Portland. Yeah, the, the famous so, red line. Yeah, so the red redlining. Line um, you know, really despicable real estate practices where yeah. real realtors would lose their license if they if they sold people houses oh, wow. outside of certain areas. Um, those things ended in the 90s. And so, you know, take a family like ours where, you know, both my parents worked at Intel and Tektronix mm-hmm. for years. If, if we were required to live in Northeast Portland, that'd be a, a crazy commute, commute for them. Yeah. And so all of a sudden in the mid-90s, that, that ended. Um, and so now folks have, you know, dispersed um, yeah. voluntarily and involuntarily, but that's left a real uh, gap from a community standpoint about in the African-American community. And that's what we're going to talk about. I would yeah. like to center today in that because you know we, we've had a lot of conversations here about inclusion mm-hmm. and what does that mean? I mean, we hear that term, you know, more diversity and inclusion, but what does that mean? You and I have been yeah, to yeah, events yeah. Oh, and we yeah. had discussions, but oh, yeah. we, we want to open it here. It's like, what, what, what are we making progress? Uh, right. Who's making progress and who's just doing lip service? I mean, not just to call out name, but right, right, right. what can we do to, to, yeah. to get them on the right path? Yeah, I, I think um, any conversation around uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, really has to begin with you know just calling things out, calling out an yeah. issue, and saying that there's a problem. Um, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, here in Portland, we've gotten to the point where diversity is important but not urgent. Mm-hmm. And um, you know you're, you're seeing you know names change of things, and you're seeing people you know hire DEI folks at their at their organization, um, doing trainings, but the outcomes and experiences for folks that look like you and I mm-hmm. um, are aren't changing or, or getting worse in some cases. And so um, you know I think it's you, you got to call out an issue, and then you have to go and really describe what diversity, inclusion, and equity is, and. And um, a really great explanation that I heard uh, earlier this year uh, from a gentleman was diversity is um, inviting someone to the party. Okay. Inclusion is asking them to dance. And then equity is letting that person, that group, plan the next dance and you show up for them. Okay. Right? And so it's... It's systematic. It's not, yes, yeah, and it's it's going deeper and deeper, and and I always say it's it's about centering experiences mm-hmm. and outcomes, right? So if 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 outcomes and experiences aren't changing, it doesn't matter what your intentions were. Correct. It doesn't matter that you invited people to the table. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you're right because we we we've talked to some other uh, guests here, and we're like, well, we're not asking for handouts. Hmm. You know, we're not hmm. asking for, hey, you know, give, give us, you know, better opportunities than any other group. No, right. just open the door. Open the door. Invite us in. And, and I think the stand. other yeah. thing is, is um, you know, Harvard came out, Harvard Business Review came out with a, a great uh, report uh, earlier in this year. And they, and they talked about, you know, really the, the capitalistic stance mm-hmm. and the case for capitalism around diversity, inclusion, and venture capital. Mm-hmm. And... Essentially, what they said is what the numbers show is if you were just a capitalistic pig and all you cared about was making money, you would invest in firms absolutely, and run and founded by women and people of color because that's how you'd make the most money. money. Yeah. Right? So you you have the the capitalistic pig standpoint where we should be doing these things. You also have the moral piece of, hey, you've got these people left on the wayside Mm -hmm. who can't pull themselves up from the bootsteps because many times they don't have boots. Um, and we're not doing it for either one of those. And what you're left with is really the human nature of people in that we, we do what we're comfortable with. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so how do we push um, more folks to become comfortable and being uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And I think that's by talking about outcomes and experiences. Because if I'm focused on Edgar's experiences and outcomes, it's, it's not about me. You know, it's it's not about my ego. It's not about you know I fixed it or I didn't fix it. Yeah, it's it's taking the emphasis actually off of me, right? And we all have privilege, and I think it should be how do we leverage the privilege that we have to change those outcomes and experiences, as opposed to some people feel like, well, I just need to let me hide my privilege. Let me yeah. feel guilty about my privilege. No, 
leverage your privilege. Absolutely. So. To, to make a positive impact. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know, this week you had a huge event. Yeah, yeah. So celebrated. We, yeah, we did Pitch Black for the fifth time here in Portland. Um, over 330 people showed up at Wyden Kennedy's HQ here in Portland and celebrated 13 amazing entrepreneurs who took the stage and shared their ideas. And it was fascinating this year, even without planning it, it was mm -hmm. a theme of community and spaces and bringing people together. And I'm not surprised by that because we, we live in a day and age in the United States right now where we live in the closest proximity to one another, but we spend the least amount of time together with our neighbors mm -hmm. as we have since the Great Depression. Okay. And so I think as we, you know, delve more and more into apps and being on Facebook mm -hmm. and these other things, we're finding out, um, whether we talk about it or not, that it, it doesn't usurp like sharing pheromones with another human mm -hmm. being in person. And that's where the real magic happens. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. And, and what was it? Um, what, what, is, what was your take from this event? Um, one, I, I think there's a huge appetite for folks in Portland um, that, that, that want to see and, and do more um, to support black founders. Um, and they're chomping at the bit for ideas for how they can do that. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I'm tired. Like, I, 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 got, a, <laughs> I got a company to run, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I, I don't get paid to do this work. Um, I do it because my community needs it. Yeah. And, because and if because, you don't do it, who else? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, um, you know, the winner, uh, Renee Allums was, was amazing. Right. But th there shouldn't, there shouldn't have to be a, a, a person volunteering their time to go and make sure the Renee's of the world are known, um, are known mm -hmm. and see some money and have people cheer for them. I mean, I think. You know, 330 people in your city yeah. cheering for you, wanting you to, you know, to be at your greatest is 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 got to be an amazing, amazing Feeling. experience. Yeah, and maybe one of these days I'll get a chance to do pitch black or pitch Latino. We'll see. <laughs> but but an, an on stage, yeah, yeah. No, but and you know we, we echo that sentiment because you know every year we keep doing the same. So how, how do we how do we create? I want to say policies, but more systematic programs for black and brown founders. And we know, you know, mm -hmm. that it's not going to come from government. Or it's not going to come from, you know, the VC yeah. world. Yeah. So we learn as entrepreneurs, we have to do it. You know, what can we do to make it more systematic, more inclusive within yeah. our, yeah. you know. Uh, so, so one, uh, I think we have to. One, call out the problem, right? Mm -hmm. and, and not only you and I call out the problem, but have other people who have their own platforms call out the problem. And it's not necessarily that they have to have an answer, right? Yeah. But if, if I'm someone like the Portland Business Alliance, right, they have a, this amazing, huge platform, what would it look like for them to go and say, wow, we, we see an opportunity to help support and invest in the over 16,000 Black and Latinx Founders that we have yeah. here in the Portland area, sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand, just in the Portland as of, metro, yeah. as of two thousand and twelve. Yeah, wow. Um, and so, what would what would that look like? And uh, imagine the kind of convenings and the mm -hmm. conversations that would come out of that if organizations of that magnitude went and called that out, yeah. right? Full stop. No, no answers. Mm -hmm. Like, just said, hey, we've got this amazing table, and we're seeing data, and we're hearing from people. Man, we want to have a conversation about this because this ties directly to the economic outcomes for our region and for our yeah, state. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that, but you know, there's a lot of organizations, like export councils, yep. the business alliance, and, and those are just Portland. Now we're talking yeah. about the state. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 dozens of people doing amazing work, and I think it's about you know them leveraging their platforms mm -hmm. and also shifting to really talking about okay, how does how does this center the experiences and outcomes for specific groups, right? And it doesn't yeah. mean that you care less about other folks, right? Sometimes you get feedback from people about doing pitch black. And they're like, oh, you don't care about this and this group, or you don't Correct. care about this yeah, and yeah. this group. And I'm like, no, we're, we're just, we're highlighting these folks today. That's it, right? yeah, and, and exactly. No one gets flack when they do the lung cancer walk, right? Yeah. No one no one goes and says all cancers matter, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so same thing goes when we're talking about a, a group of black founders. Yeah. We can all get together and celebrate, and we all have a, a, a role to play in, in supporting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, 
the, the, the people that come up with those questions are like, come on. <laughs> it's just like, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have bigger problems than that. But. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, you know, within the, the, the founder community, what are the most pressing issues that you've seen? And are they, you know, the same from last year? So, yeah. are we seeing progress? I think of the ecosystem as, as a couple different sides mm -hmm. of the table. Um, and on one side of the table, we have the founders themselves, mm -hmm. uh, who, who I think oftentimes suffer from implicit bias, right? And and from for, for them, we need more folks like you and I and others going and helping them dream big, yeah. right? Um, you know, I, I think about a, a business like Deadstock Coffee mm -hmm. right here downtown. Ian's built an amazing brand, and that brand's kicking ass here in Portland. It could be kicking ass in 50 Anywhere. other cities yeah. as well, right? So how do we help the Ian's of the, we, the world build a bigger perspective for themselves and their brand and him go into the next year saying, all mm -hmm. right, I'm going to go and have stuff on the shelves of new seasons and market of choice. How do right? we get Ian to Tokyo? Right. How do we Voodoo get Donut. again, yeah. right? He's yeah. been to Tokyo four times, right? So his, his brand is known, but how do we help him leverage that yeah. as a business owner? Um, because that's not only good for him and from a scaling standpoint, but it also protects him in downtimes, right? So yeah. imagine, you know, we have a recession in, in Portland chances are it's not going to be the same recession in Japan, right? So it Correct. allows him to, uh, you know, not have all of his eggs in one basket. So on the, on the entrepreneur mm -hmm. side, it's about helping them dream big and, yeah. and understand that, you know, building a, a $10,000 business mm -hmm. is essentially the same amount of work as building a million dollar business, yeah. right? Um, and then on the other side, you know, just, just help people understand, you know, the roles that they can play, right? Mm -hmm. you, this is not about fixing it. This is about committing to work. Yeah, And when you're committed to work, you, you make steps forward, you make steps backwards, mm -hmm. you make steps to the side. Um, how do we get more folks to, to see the role and opportunities that they have to support these entrepreneurs that are out here? Yeah. No, and, and uh, you know, I'll follow with that sentiment with the Ian in, in that case, you know, and the roles of uh, organizations here in, in Portland Metro, the Export Council. How do we get Ian yep. to Mexico City? How yep. do we get him to Toronto? You know, yep. Just make him a brand because we already have those services, yep. you know, statewide, federal. Uh, and, and again, there's programs that you and I may know, but yeah. Ian may not know about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I love leveraging existing programs, but it can also be as simple as, you know, imagine if, if, if somebody on city council or somebody on the county commission mm -hmm. said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do a small business day every week. And every week, I'm going to use my platform as a city commissioner, and I'm going to ask that Portlanders shop local mm -hmm. on Thursdays. Yeah. Just make a yeah. big impact in one yep. day. Yeah. And say, hey, every Thursday, we're going to go and support our favorite locally owned business, and we're going to share that on social media. We're mm -hmm. not saying big businesses are bad. We're just going to cheat on them on Thursdays. That's it. Right? Yeah. And we're going to pour into these these small local businesses and let them know that we love what they're doing. We love that they have deep roots in the community. We love that they've they've chosen this this arduous task yeah. of, of being a founder um, and all of that entails. Um, that would drive a lot of money. So e Absolutely. each day in Portland, uh, Portlanders spend four and a half million dollars just on food. Oh wow! Every day. Yeah. Right. So in a given week, seven times four, you know, we're we're looking at almost thirty million dollars yeah. that gets spent every week just on food. So imagine a, how big of a shift it would be if one of those days, four and a half million dollars mm -hmm. just went went local. to a local. Yeah. Wow. I know. Huge. Well, Huge. And, and with that, you know. You know, the black and brown community has that, you know, very entrepreneurial. So, with yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we can talk about in parallels. How do we teach them, like you said, to not only think big, because that's an abstract, it's a pretty big concept, but yeah. how do we teach them to, to, to do that? Not only think, but yeah, execute yeah, yeah. big. So, you know, we, we got to highlight the, the good work that's already mm -hmm. happening, right? You know, Hacienda's program, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the Mercado is amazing, but we should have eight Mercados, given the, the, the yeah. size of the, the yeah, Latinx yeah. community. Um and so, do good work, but but mm -hmm. don't don't stop there. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, I'm one of the, the founding board members for Built Oregon, mm -hmm. and we have a, a a program called Bridges where we help Latinx, Black, and, and Native American businesses um, scale their consumer product companies. Um, we 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 need to be doing more of that. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, but, and, and, you know, in those terms, you know, what are the specific steps that you've seen? You know, you, I mean, you, you, you've been one of the founders. Yeah. What, you know, what do we need to address? So, so I think part of it is, is you know, calling out some outcomes or, mm -hmm. or experiences, right? So maybe an outcome would be, you know, help 15 Latinx and black businesses start selling in Green Zebra, New Seasons. Yeah. Right, and if you start working backwards from there, then you start saying, okay, who who are these product companies that are out there that have the capacity, skills, ability to go and do this, and where are the gaps? What what are mm -hmm. they missing? Is it product market fit? Is it uh, manufacturing capacity? Is it legal documentation? All these things that don't change from business to business. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, but the journey of being entrepreneur is really one about you, you don't know what you don't know. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I always say the, the magic area to be a, a founder is you're smart enough to know it's a good idea, but not not too smart, right? Cause you're, and you're dumb enough not to say no, right? Because <laughs> yeah. if, if you know too much, you'll talk yourself out of yeah, it. Yeah, you'll like, be like, oh, no, that's, that's a dumb 90 idea. 90-hour weeks for no money. That's, that makes no sense, right? Yeah. So you have, to, you have to be dumb enough to just go and say, to you take know the what? plunge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to quit this amazing six-figure job at Nike or Intel or whatever because I see this problem yeah. that... I, I want to I want to try and solve for for a specific community or a specific market. Yeah, and, and how do we support us? Uh, you know those founders. You know, how, well, number one, how do we incentivize those founders to take the leap, mm -hmm. and then support them when they do? So, so one, I think it's um, we have to. You know, we're, we're the largest city in the country that doesn't have an office of small business, right? So, like, mm -hmm. if if I wanted to start a business today, we do not have a physical place to walk into. Okay. A one-stop shop that tells us about the work of Hacienda or Craft Three or Prosper, right? So there's there's literally not even that starting point. So before we can get really really innovative and you know doing blockchain and all these other things, we have to start with things like that where we we. We don't have an air traffic controller for the amazing airport of runways that yeah. we have in the state to help someone navigate those things. So I think that's that's the, Number the first part where yeah. I would start is, is, is having a one-stop center that can help people um, digest and understand the, the mass uh, massive array of, of organizations and programs that are that are available, available. Yeah. Um, around. Uh, and then and then two, you know, we, we've got to have people using their platforms to talk about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I absolutely love going to the Mercado, but, you know, we, we need more people talking about the Mercado. We need someone going and saying, all right, when are we doing a West Side one? When are we going to have yeah. one downtown? Right. Those things that that groundswell needs to continue to, to, to grow. And so um, doing something like a small business mm -hmm. day that, you know, a city councilor or whoever is leading it. I think those are the kind of things that would come out of it because typical, um, you know, your your everyday Portlanders mm -hmm. are going to be like, wow, I had no idea that dead stock existed yeah. and all these other things were happening. Man, we, we we've got to be able to do more. Or I want to see them open a second location in my part of town. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Which yeah. you know, if you sit in Deadstock, he gets asked every day, "When are you <laughs> opening up in St. John's? When are you opening yeah. up here? When are you going to California?" Um, and so you know, if, if we if if those kind of things happen more often, and we build in the infrastructure so that uh, founders can make informed decisions, mm -hmm. we're going to start seeing you know, the scaling of these businesses happen. Because yeah. I think for a lot of the founders, they, they just don't know what, what thinking big could potentially be. All right. No, that's right on. But let's, see, let's make a little quick pause just to pay the bills. Talking about paying bills pay and bills. scaling. Yeah. Got to. And we'll be back in 20 seconds. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize has broken down PR into a modular setup, keeping quality high and simply charging fees for the targeted PR you require. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Claudia and Edgar sent you. CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. And we are back at Latino Founder Hour with Stephen Green. Um, Stephen, and you, you know, your community organizer, founder, 
uh, tech advocate. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to, how to describe you. <laughs> Overall badass in the startup community. One of the pillars of the Portland startup community. And I know Thank you're pretty you. humble to, to extend that. Just trying to do my part, man. Just trying yeah. to do my part. But it's, you know, one of the inspiration, but also action. Now, uh, you've, you know, founded many organizations. Where, where do you see, you know, the city going in, in the next couple, you know, next five, ten to ten years? Um, I see a couple things happening. I see, uh, one, uh, people entering the public sphere mm -hmm. that, um, prior to 2016 had no intentions of probably entering the, the public realm of whether it being, you know, working at one of the city bureaus or the county or running yeah. for office. And so I'm, I'm excited about the, the, the new blood that's coming into the public arena. Um, secondly, uh, we, we've had a number of exits here locally of local companies, mm -hmm. uh, CloudAbility, just yeah. you know, within the last month. And I'm excited to see how those founders, like Matt Ellis, who's already been a great advocate for the community, what they start doing with their newfound wealth, wealth and yeah. time. Right, because mm -hmm. because you got to have both of those. Absolutely. Um, because I, I I believe we have this this cadre of founders who who really believe in community mm -hmm. for community's sake, as yeah. opposed to am I getting credit for being seen as a community person? Right? Correct. Um, and as those folks continue to do well and build their businesses and and generate wealth for mm -hmm. themselves and their families, uh, I I think we're going to see that get redeployed into uh, the the realm of, 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 of the community and supporting the, the businesses that you and I are talking about. Yeah. And look, you know, within our communities, you know, we, we talk about, you know, why don't we integrate, you know, why don't we, and also, you know, why don't we just do the, the Pitch Black, the Pitch Latino, yeah. which again, you know, different platforms, we run in parallel. Yeah. But we've also talked about, you know, you know, pouring money from our communities. And we know there's a lot of wealth already yeah. in the black but also in the Latino community that's literally under a mattress. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. how do we pull that? And yeah. Because I, we've, we've had conversations with people, and we know that there will be an appetite if we teach them how. Yeah. Um, money's an interesting thing. Uh -huh. uh, you know, we, we generally, when it comes to money and investing, we do the opposite of what we would do in a typical situation. Like the analogy I always use is, uh, if we went to Nordstrom's today and Nordstrom's was having a 30% off sale, mm -hmm. we would buy stuff. If we went to Nordstrom's to say today and they were having a 30% more sale, we would say that's crazy. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll never buy anything. But when it comes to money, if Nordstrom's stock is up 30%, what do people do? They the start buying yeah. Nordstrom's stock. Yeah. And then if Nordstrom's stock drops 30%, we what sell. do they do? They sell, right? Yeah. Um, and so part of this is having uh, community conversations around money and what we do with money and knowing the difference between uh, having an income and having assets and having things that appreciate versus mm -hmm. depreciate. Uh, and how do we do that in a multi-generational manner, right? Yep. Uh, we've, we've got a group of people, millennials and Gen Xers, that are really good savers, but they think of wealth differently than baby boomers do, right? Mm -hmm. So what, it, what happens and how does it impact our community when we have... Uh, this growing group of 20 and 30 year olds who want to have more of a nomadic life. And yeah. chances are they're probably not going to buy a house, even if they or make good money yeah. or a car, because they're going to work here and live here for six months. And then they're going to go to Peru or wherever yeah. and, with their laptop and work from there for another six months. And that's going to have a, a, a dramatic impact on community and how we pay for things locally. Uh, but all of this comes, mm -hmm. you know, revolves around us coming together. Right. Yeah. And so we can come together physically and, you know, go and support events like Pitch Pitch Black, um, Pitch Latino, um, or we could also leverage technology. Right. Mm -hmm. So what would it what would it look like uh, to do? You know, we, we do a fun thing called the black signal where, you know, we, we do an event, we do a call out and I put out the black signal, which is a which modified is version of the, the, the Batman, bat, the Batman yeah. signal. Right. <laughs> Um, what would it look like if we did that around black and Latinx yeah. female-owned businesses, right? What if, uh, you know, uh, you know, the mayor went and did a black signal on a Thursday and said, hey, everybody, we're, we're going and shopping it at, pitch, at, uh, at Deadstock, right? Yeah. Or, or another We're going to go to Dubs. Yeah, we're going to go to Dubs, uh, yeah. see you there. I'll be there from 11 to 1. Um, you know, imagine how much... 
you know, magnification would happen, you know, using our platforms for, for things yeah, like that. Like you said, technology, you know, yeah. to spread it. Yeah. Technology is this, it's, it's leveling the playing field. Right. And so I, I think oftentimes people hear technology and they think I can code or I can't code. Mm-hmm. Right. But actually technology is the equalizer for small businesses. Yeah. Right. That's how you compete with the big folks is by leveraging technology and technology is getting better and cheaper. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't foresee a, a world where there's not a business vertical that's not leveraging technology, technology. in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. And that, you know, again, you know, we're coming to the question, how do we get more, you know, black and brown people in technology? Yeah. P- you know? Part of it is acknowledging the ones we've mm-hmm. already got, right? So yeah. when, we, when we moved here in the late 70s, uh, my dad worked at Intel for a long, long time. In the early 80s, he started a program that brought... Um, black engineers to uh, Hillsboro, Oregon every summer from historically black colleges and universities. And that started well, in the 80s and then continues to this day. Your dad started that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, all my brothers went to historically black colleges and universities around the country. I was the only one that didn't. Um, and, and so you, you've got to fundamentally say, I know they exist. Right before yeah. we start encouraging other people to get into it, you've you've got to fundamentally say and call out. I know they exist. What are the barriers in my company not being able to hire those folks or connect with that community? Before you start going and and bringing in interns, right? So yeah. so I I love seeing what we're having happen in the city right now around um, internships and opportunities there. But when you start thinking about experiences and outcomes, if I'm an organization that that doesn't have folks of color that are in leadership positions, Mm -hmm. middle management, folks in their 30s or 40s, well, if we bring in the first black person I bring in as an intern and they get there the first day and they realize, wow, this I can't work here. Yeah. Like there's no one downstream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now you're bringing in these folks for four to six weeks to be interns and they turn around and they go, okay, this is, this has been fun, but I, I can't be here permanently because I don't see anyone looks like me that's exactly. here permanently. Right. There's yeah. no one in leadership. So it'd be great to do the opposite. And instead of starting with interns, what if we started with executive, executive level, folks, yeah. middle management folks, but so that by the time we bring the intern in, They've got somebody from day one going, oh, man, I can be I like can see Edgar. Myself, yeah. In 10 years, I could be Edgar. In five years, I could be Landry. Yeah. Um, whatever I, I want to be doing. But instead, we're planting the seeds of doubt. Right. Oh, and and yeah. if they don't, you can't be what you don't see is what, what Mayor yeah. Brown often says. You know what? I, I, and I saw it, you know, for the people that don't know, you know, the, there were 30 companies assigned a technology pledge here in Portland. Oh, tech pledge, yeah. Uh, what, four or five years ago? Yep. Which yep. was, it was just a pledge, but, you know, yep. great, you know, in name. And I remember going to the company, I won't, you know, can't say names, but, uh, and it was exactly like that, talking to an intern. It's like, well, yep. yeah, this is great. And they're giving an opportunity. And this this case was Dominican descent. Yep. But like, but I'm the only one, I'm the only one b- black and Latin because I'm, you know, I'm Dominican, but I'm, right, right, it's right. like, it's like, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. He told yeah. me that. It's just like, and I was like, why would you feel uncomfortable? I mean, it's just, but yeah. it, it was that perception. It was like, yep. well, I'm here. It's intimidating, even though, you know, the, all the right. coders and nothing intimidating about that. But just being the, I don't know, I, I don't even call it just the, the one that stands out just because of the color of your skin. And, and if it, you can't see anything at your peer level and mm-hmm. above, then like, what, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's it's a difficult existence um, for for folks when they're the only, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the only person that didn't go to whatever school, yeah. the only person that's not from Portland, whatever that that onlyism is. And and again, I think this is about committing to those outcomes and experiences. Because if you're thinking about ex- from an experience standpoint, you would stop yourself and say, "Hey, before." Before we bring Edgar in, Edgar in to be the only one, yeah, we're gonna do these other things to help lighten the load, yeah, soften the or, hit, or make him feel welcome, yeah, or, yeah. or, or yeah. belong, yeah. the sense and, of belonging. And and you know, you know, I, I think again, the intentions of the tech pledge yeah. were were good, but you know, what in your life do you call a pledge that you actually do? Exactly. Right? There's yeah. there's there's you know, we never tell our wives, well, I I pledge to clean the backyard. This weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, she'd, she'd be like, nope, no. you're doing the backyard this yeah. weekend. Um, and, and sure enough, when you go and you actually look at the the the, the data, you know, we've those those companies that committed to this work actually went backwards in the number of African-Americans and Latinos that were at their companies after three years of pledging to do the work, right? Wow, yeah. Um, do, do we know why? 
I'm sure that there's there's thousands of layers to all mm-hmm. of that, right? But um, you know, I mean, we, we know the we CD don't, has grown, that, yeah. right? We don't yeah. we don't hear about that though, right? So you know, one of the things that we that we could be doing as a city is is calling that out and saying, hey, we went backwards with this. Exactly. What the hell? And and I remember talking to an executive uh, again, one name. It was like, look, if they bring him to me. I will hire them, but the problem is like first of all, we can't get engineers, you know. So that's what we get people coming from Portland. But that, that's, but if you and they're like, well, why don't you just educate them? And the answer was, well, we're not in the business of educating. Our business is a, you know, it's it's a different business. Yeah. Like, well, if you're pledging to solve a pro a problem, you're gonna come yeah. up with solutions. So I don't know. That was my perspective. And they didn't get a, a firm answer yeah. on that. It was more like, oh, you bring them and I'll hire. Well, that sounds yeah. rather easy, but I, I think the other thing is. If you're waiting until, if you're waiting until there's a position open to talk about things around diversity, inclusion, and equity, it's too late, right? Because mm-hmm. think about the way we look for jobs, right? So yeah. if if I'm available for a job right now and I'm looking for something, I'm gonna call my homies, I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna call Juan, I'm gonna call Mitch, yeah. and I'm gonna ask about different companies, right? And a lot of those people are gonna be people that look like me, and mm-hmm. you're gonna go and say, nope, never worked at that place. Oh, never yeah. worked at that place. Never mm-hmm. worked at that place. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, all my friends that I know that look like me have never worked at this place. There's going to be a reason. Yeah. I can't seem to find anyone on LinkedIn associated with that company that looks apparently like me. Mm-hmm. All right, these are these are potentially red flags. And then the next level that you would go down is, all right, so what is this company doing? Because we all got to start from somewhere, right? Yeah. What is this company doing within my community to change it? Mm-hmm. Right. And and if I find that, you know, they're not connected to the, you know, the Association of Black Engineers, the Oregon chapter or, you know, any number of these other organizations where we know, you know, engineers of color definitively yeah. are today. Like this, this is not a, a new thing. Um, then people opt out. Right. And so then when you have a conversation with the HR person or the CEO, they go and say, oh, well, we gave it our best bet, but no one applied. Yeah. Right, and uh, this confirms you guys don't exist, and it's like no, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, people self-selected out because you haven't done the work of building rapport in the community. Yeah, right, and and unfortunately, we we go through these situations where people want a pat on the back for for trying for and, and yeah for and good intentions. I was like, but I try, give it my best. The outcomes and the experiences are not changing. Or they are getting worse. Yeah, um, and we and we don't call those things out. Uh, we call them out in private conversations. Yeah, right. But we're not willing to go and put you know names of companies on things and being able to say because because doing it is just saying there's an opportunity for mm-hmm. you, company X. Yeah, it's not that I I want to necessarily shame you. I want you to do better because I know it could be. But much better for your bottom line, and I know it sounds like you have a passion that you wanna you wanna be part of fixing these things, yeah. as opposed to oh you just want credit for being associated with potentially fixing the things, but actually not. But you don't want to do the yeah. the legwork. Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh well, and, and that's why you know we end up doing things on our own with yeah. much support. Yep, yeah, yep. And and the homies always show up. Right. Yeah. And and it's 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 white homies, it's brown homies, it's female homies, because you know, we, we have all these people that I'm always blown away by that are committed to to really doing this work. But when it comes to, you know, power structures, mm-hmm. all too often the people that have the most power or the biggest platforms, they're not there. Yeah. They're and not I wonder involved. why. Yeah. You know, they want it on their own terms or you know, they don't want to be part of, you know, really, really difficult discussions, right? Yeah. But that's what the work is, right? There is no like done. There's no, you know, I don't have a checklist somewhere mm-hmm. where, you know, someday in the future I'll be able to go, all right, I'm done. We're done. Yeah. Like black and brown people are good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. off to what I was doing. And I think, unfortunately, that's what people's expectation is, is that we can go and we can do this for a little while and then go back click, to business click, as click. usual, yeah. right? And then get back, get back to it because this is seen as an extra thing mm-hmm. as opposed to being seen as the the flower with which we we bake everything within yeah. our company, within our city, within our region, within our industry. Well, and, and you know what? Um, how can we bring those people to the table on a again, you know, with a more tangible uh, program or plan to action? I think it, I think 
one, the, the people that need to come to the table are, are true leaders, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that starts with leaders coming out vocally, calling out issues, right? I, I, you know, I, w- I would love to see, um, you know, whether it's the mayor, city councilor, whoever, someone going and saying, like, us as a city, as a state, as a county, we have to do better by these folks. I don't have the answers today, yeah. but you all can use my platform. You can use my office. You know, I'm going to dedicate time for my team, whatever. We we have to be talking about this. We have to be but, making but some progress. we can say that, you know, for example, the school district, you know, everybody now has an office of equity, inclusion, or diversity. Yeah. So they could argue, well, we already are. We, we hired a person and you know, we're paying them $150,000 a year to do this. And yeah. and we still don't see the results. We don't, right? Yeah. And, and I think you know it's 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 one thing to 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 go and start a new office and you know put a new name on the wall or whatever you want to do, but the outcomes don't change. And yeah. like I, I can't do that with like our investors at Pencil. I can't go and say, oh, well, we gave it a good try, right? Yeah. They're gonna be like, no, next quarter these numbers need to be here. here yeah. Otherwise, you you're gonna close. You're gone. Right. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the fact that diversity hasn't become a, a business imperative for mm-hmm. many companies, right? Because if it was a business imperative, if there was investors that were like, look, we're out of here if you're not doing these if we kind of see things, numbers. Yeah. then you know that's, that's the point, sadly, when things will change, right? And so uh, other than that, you, you've got to have people in leadership that this is like part and partial with the work that we do. Yeah, we build computers. We build community. We there's no people left behind. We're a good steward of resources. Like all, those are the things that make us a great company. And yeah. if we're lacking at one of those things, you know, we don't get a free pass. We don't get to go and you know do a, a celebration you know run when <laughs> people are being left behind. And no, yeah. and, and honestly, Absolutely. you know, I've been part of a lot of conversations around the Oregon Capital scan, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you read the most recent one. There's been a lot of increases in the amount of capital, you know, coming in to to, to Oregon. Yeah. And at a macro level, that's that's great. And when you read the executive summary, it's it's a celebration of like, hey, we're doing so well. But that comes at the same time where the access to capital for women, blacks, Latinx founders is going down, down. tremendously. Yeah. Right. The, the 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 number of SBA loans to black businesses in the state of Oregon down ninety six percent in the last ten years. That's a that's, that's atrocious, abhorrent. yeah. Right? And at the very same time, the number of black businesses is more than doubled. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, right. But again, I, I think there's a thousand answers for why that happened. Mm-hmm. The problem right now is no one says, "Hey, let's have a conversation about it." Okay, right? Except me, like, but I don't matter, right? Yeah. I matter. Or, or like, injury, I just found out about that. I think it's atrocious. Like, yeah. it's a, yeah. but why don't we hear about yeah. those metrics? Yeah, we only hear the metrics when they're good. Right? Yeah, when it suits the narrative, right? Yeah. And so, you know, why, you know, that, I think that would be an amazing opportunity for the, the, the PBAs of the world to mm-hmm. go and say, hey, we're going to have a, a half day, you know, conference on just having a discussion about this. Yeah. We don't have any answers, but damn, that's, that's crazy in a place where we have over 4,000 black entrepreneurs. We, we have to have a conversation about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how to fix it. Even if you don't Not have the answer, fix it. Just have just a conversation. conversation it, right? Yeah, let's start with a conversation. Because yeah. if you get a lot of smart people in a room that didn't know, like you just said, you didn't know that. Until I didn't I know just that metric. It, right? Yeah. If I get a hundred people in a room and now they know that, that's yeah. that's that's good. Because not because now I want to know now why. Now you can start to act. Yeah. Ah. Now you can start pulling it apart and yeah. looking behind the curtain and all those things. And there's answers there somewhere. Yeah. But if no one calls out the problem, there's definitely not going to be any answers. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like you said, it's it just, wow. It, it, and, and that's the kind of data that we should be seeing. It's like, okay, hang on. There, if there's a problem here yeah. or, or multiple problems, how do we yeah. fix them? Yep. Because and and I got to give people props in doing it. So, you know, Matt Kish from Portland Business Journal mm-hmm. has done two articles on, on this this drop in, in loans and SBA loans to, to black businesses in Oregon. And, you know, one of the one of the banks that stepped up and said, wow, like we got to lean in on this has been Umqua Bank. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so in, in the article that he did, the most recent one, they talked about how they'd only done they'd only been recorded as doing one SBA loan for a black business in the last 10 years. And they could have hid from that. They could have said, you know, excuses and blah, blah, blah. But instead they leaned in. And they're like, oh, yeah. what are we, we going to do? 
You know, uh, we're uh, we're the yeah. biggest locally chartered bank in the state of Oregon. Like the most celebrated. We gotta, yeah. Let's 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 lean in on this. Yeah. And so you know, people at the executive level have have been part of conversations for almost a year now. Okay. Right? Um, there's so- something being done. Okay. Yes. At least. Yeah. 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 Because it's the same. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I haven't looked at the Latinx number, but I'm sure the narr- narrative will be close. Yeah, Stanford University did a really great um, report uh, in the past year that talked about uh, Latinx businesses um, that I can definitely share with you. Yeah, absolutely. And we can share it on, online, you know, for people to read. Yep. Um, and, and again, you know, we, we've seen, you know, more opportunities uh, not only the Latinx community here in Portland, but what we're doing is like where you you and I are building. Yep. We're trying, you know, get people together, oh, get yeah. into the conversation. Whether you're in Austin or Mexico City, like how, how can we get this? I mean, if, if the government or nobody else is going to help, how can we help each yeah. other? Well, and I think I think I think the government wants to help. Yeah. Right. But I, I also think that the ideas are probably going to have to come from the private sector, oh, uh, right? Absolutely. If we, if we sit back and just, you know, wait for, wait the public, for it. Yeah. Oh, they're going to come up with an answer. No. No, they're not going to come no, up with an answer. I don't think this is their job either. Nope. No, no, no. It's not. That's not. That, that I'm in complete agreement. I mean, we have to provide the platform and say, look, yeah. number one, this is the problem. And yep. we think these are the solutions. What can you do? And which ones can you solve? If you can solve them all or help yep. provide the assistance, the funds, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. but you know, to, to give us an opportunity. So uh, we're almost out. Uh, but Stephen, you know, you, you, you know, your community. You know, but Stephen, you're one of the pillars of the startup world here in Portland. Um, and the people that don't know, again, I was telling telling y'all that he is. You know, very humble. Stephen has been, I mean, an amazing uh, cheer for, uh, for the for the startup community. Not only in Portland, but he's all, all already well known in all over the U.S. And uh, where? What's your next step, Stephen? Personally, um, you know, the the thing that drives me yeah. is the the three little human beings that I get to live with at, <laughs> at my house that that kind of look like me a little bit. <laughs> Um, you, you know, I want them to see a world with which they can they can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, part of why I love working at Pencil is we, you know, we have a staff that's overwhelmingly black and brown, mm-hmm. um, and overwhelmingly female as well. And so it's it's an amazing space to be able to to bring my to bring my kids. Um, but but also I, I love Portland, and the more I travel, the more I actually love Portland being home. Yeah, and I feel like there's such an opportunity right now to support um, you know the folks that are here uh, on a local and national level. Mm-hmm. That you know I'm you know I'm not going anywhere. So you know 20 years from now I'll still be doing this work, or I'll be buried somewhere in Portland. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not going anywhere, yeah. and, and and I'm I'm great with that. Uh, I, I I love Portland to death. Um, and, and I see such an opportunity and that's why, you know, I push so hard and I have such an urgency, mm-hmm. uh, around the stuff that I do. I want other people to share that same urgency. we we'll love it. Uh, yeah. And you know, you, we, we, we share the same sentiment. I got yep. here, uh, I don't know, 16 years ago. Yeah. Love it. I've lived in other places in the world. It's like, you know what? You know, I'm going back to Portland. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a native, but you know, I'm, I'm also not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm yep. probably just. You know, between here, Mexico, that's it. That's going to be my home. Yeah. And I want the same thing. You know, I want to. I want to put Portland in the map, and not just for personal reasons, because I, you know, I want to share the good thing that we have here. Yeah. You know, good programs that are coming out. Yeah. And again, you know, the um, the craft, whether you're making shoes or mm-hmm. you know creating events for your community, that's what we want to. You know, that's what we want to see replicated in Austin, Milwaukee, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. All over, all over the states. Yeah, and that's that's really the DNA of Oregon as yeah. a whole, right? So, you know, when people in the in the middle 1800s were on the Oregon Trail and they were going through Idaho, you know, if they wanted to get rich, they would divert and go south to California to for the, to gold, the gold rush. rush. Yeah, but if they wanted to build something, they they'd here. keep on going west. And it was a really tough road to hoe, right? And yeah. they got to this place where the Chinook Indians were known around North America for being amazing traders and mm-hmm. amazing community folks. And that lives on with us, yeah. right? But 
But craft is is the DNA of, of, of Oregon. Oregon. And we've attracted people for generations yeah. um, that care about building something and care about doing Unique. it within a community. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, that's what the the one of the, the amazing things I love about our startup community is it's it's such a collaborative place. You can you can know two or three people and know everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's the key collaboration mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that we've heard. Yeah. Other places don't have. They may have oh. a bigger startup community, yep. but it's not collaborative. It's more secretive, yep. uh, or you know, venture. I don't. You know, you know, usually not not good object, uh, objectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's one of the you know things about being unique here and being a person of color is, you know, everyone is in the kind of the same the same spot as you. Yeah. And so we have this collective mentality of of supporting one another and and looking out for folks. Um, that, you know, I didn't experience that in Detroit and, and I don't experience that when I go to other cities where mm-hmm. there's quote unquote more of us. Yeah. Um, and so how do we foster and leverage that even more, right? For folks that have been here all their lives or folks that cool. just moved here this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was, it's, it's really cool to do events and, and, and see all the people that I've known for decades, but also meet someone who just got here from LA this week and show them how Portland is different Yeah, and have them fall in love with the, the city with the that, city and that the you people. and I love. Yeah, yeah, so much. Cool. So, where can we find you, Stephen? Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at mm-hmm. PDX Stephen G, and that's Stephen with a PH. Uh, and that's the same for Instagram. And then, if you want to find me in person, nine times out of ten, I'm sitting outside or inside of Deadstock Dead Coffee. Yeah. Uh, pencil, our offices are right above uh, Deadstock. And so, downtown Portland. Yeah. Downtown Portland, Old Town. Uh, can't get away from it. Uh, and it's 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 a really amazing spot. Uh, and and turns out it's it's the original birthplace for the black community here in Portland. Oh, the first black know. businesses, first okay. black churches, um, all in the late 1800s um, in Old Town, in the oh, Pearl. That I didn't know. I thought it was Chinatown all the time. Yep. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephen. Thank, thank you for having again. Me. You know, I, I know it's been a super busy week. You're, you know, I mean, just want to relax. Thanks for bringing your beautiful daughter. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> right there in the mic. Hi. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Really awesome. appreciate Thanks it. And keep up the awesome work, dude. Of course, of course, man. Thank you. Happy Friday, everyone. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. For small businesses like yours, nothing is more valuable than real human interaction. It's why two out of three mobile web searches for those ready to buy end in a phone call to a business. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startupradio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code startupruby. Tell them Claudia and Edgar sent you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 